podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Yeah, yeah. Get your ass up and hurry up. Uh. Ice Cube, baby. Following our tin food discussion, we were served some prime chand balogol. It's the day trippers. Maybe the season for romance and passion, but despite the presence of Sex, Panzer, Emre Chan, Liverpool's limp and flaccid performance against Everton left fans unsatisfied and disappointed. It's okay, we said consolingly, it happens to all teams. Last night, against top four rivals Tottenham, the team rose to the occasion with a towering display of thrusting aggression and pleasing penetration. As we bask in the afterglow, how are we feeling about Saturday's FA Cup tie at Crystal Palace? and the Europa League fixture against Besiktas. Joining me in the bunker tonight to add some insight to my pure-eye lowbrow sex jokes are Sacco concubine Paul Brennan, Dave Diggler-Thomas, and cunning linguist Phil Casey. On the line, there's a return from Molly. Right, we'll start our review of um, the recent games by looking at probably our most effective player of those two um, Matches with Jordan Ibe, a um, bit of a ball from blue, nobody really saw that coming. We are expecting something from him, but not really quite, quite what we got. Um, could it be argued, um, Molly, do you think that over the course of those two games, he was at least uh, one of our most effective players? He's probably been our best player of the last couple of games, Trev. Like, I, I've been so impressed by him. Like, you know, he's come back there from his loan spell at Derby. And he actually looks like a player who's taken himself that I should be in this team. Yeah. I should be playing here and I deserve to be in this team, which is fantastic. And you know, if you look at it, we did absolutely no business at all in January bar bringing back Ibe. But if Ibe was never a player, he was tearing up the championship with Derby, just like he was while he was on loan. Yeah. And if we went after him, he probably cost us maybe ten million to get from from Derby. So for me it's it's like getting a, a ten million pound player in in January, you know? Yeah. And yeah. we always talk about how good Sterling is. I don't think wrong that he is. I, I think he's more past Sterling is. But I, I think he's exactly one year younger than Sterling. But not only does he probably look as, as good as Sterling at home, but he's more in his locker for me. You know, he'll, he'll take on players just like Sterling does. He's a lovely turn of pace. He can turn with the ball. He's all of that. But he's also got that, that power when it comes to shoot. Sterling doesn't seem to have. He's one of these guys, if he's 25 yards out, he'll take a pop and 
he's a good chance to score. I don't think has had his lock yet. Yeah, yeah. I'd be hugely, hugely impressed with Ibe. Paul, uh, Molly's after flagging a few aspects of, of Ibe's game and, and, and some of the qualities he has as a footballer, what stands out for you when you're watching this kid? Yeah, obviously his speed and he seems to have a rocket of a shot. But um, just the fact that he, he just does what he what he did basically in the U teams, he just gets the ball and runs at people. Like he, he looks like he's playing down the park with his mates. Like mm. nothing has phased him at all. Like he, he's he's looked like one of our senior players really, and he, he's really like he's given us a lot of trust in the past couple of games. Like especially against Everton, he was basically one of the only good things about the game mm. was watching him bombing on and like really really kind of rising to the occasion. So that that's that's the kind of standout thing for me. The fact that he, he like if you saw him, you'd think he was playing there for a year, two years, just and he, and that's like a, a kind of foreign position to him. Mm-hmm. He's just slotted in so easily, and he, he just he looks like already one of our biggest threats. He, he's absurdly confident, isn't he, on the ball? Yeah, like, it's like he's, he's arrogant without being arrogant. Like yeah. the, the kind of the good kind of arrogance where like he he, he there's no kind of. Oh shit! I'm against Everton. I better kind of take it easy here. It's a big game. He just he just looks like he doesn't care like what what the occasion is. He's just there to play football mm. and to run at people and call it, like to kind of wreak havoc. Yeah, I, 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 that's the one that stands out for me. Just the fact that he looks like he's been there for years. Yeah, uh, Dave, this uh, wing back position seems to be where we blood new players, and it's certainly been very effective in the case of of Markovic as well. Uh, Long term. And you know we've had this debate with Emery Chan recently. Is that where you see him as a very, very much a wide player with the with the, with the pitch in front of him, or can you see him moving more central? Or how how do you see that guy developing? I mean, before he came back from loan, I probably would have had him pegged pretty exclusively as a wide player. I mean, I you know I, I hadn't seen enough of him to suggest that he had you know enough about his game either in strength or guile or anything like that for him to come inside but what I thought was interesting last night in the Tottenham game was you know he was really smart on when he went inside and when he went outside you know mm. depending on where Markovic made the run or where the fullback was you know, he was really confident coming into the middle of the park going across the going across the pitch or across the 18 yard box laying it on making smart runs I mean he had a you know he, what I really liked about him last night which I think suggests that he could play in a number of different positions is that he wasn't timid in what he did. Everything he did, he was pretty confident in doing it. He was aggressive in doing it. You know, he was comfortable uh, pushing the play forward. And actually, I think, you know, in a direct comparison to some of my frustrations with Markovic at times is that Markovic can still look a little timid, take the easier pass or the less uh, risky pass then. Whereas I thought Ibe was all about the risk and all about going for high rewards. And I think it paid off for him last night. So I like the wing-back position for him. I'd be a little nervous about him if he if he went up against, you know, a real top-class attacking player because I don't think he... I mean, I think first half against Tottenham, to be fair, he looked a little lost and against uh, Everton from a defensive perspective. I don't think that's his, that's his game. Uh, but going forward, he was exceptional. And like the vast majority of our squad who are under 25, he can play in two or three positions, which is what the real <coughs> exciting thing about him is. Yeah, Phil, um, a couple of lads there are now at this stage have flanked his attitude and our flagged his attitude. I, I, I saw him exchanging, you know, kind of glances with Danny Sturridge where Danny looked a bit pissed off at him and it didn't. he didn't wilt at all. He just went and did exactly what he wanted to do the next time. It's a tremendous attitude to have at that age um, and, and the experience really seems to have stood him in good stead. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he has that arrogance of youth. Mm-hmm. Which is what you like to see in in, in young players, um, that they aren't phased by the occasion, they aren't phased by the opposition, or they're bigger sort of superstar players that are around them, and it, it feeds through in that you can see how 
confident the, uh, the more senior players are because they're not afraid to give him the ball. There isn't a hesitation about laying the ball or using him. Like, uh, the amount of headers he won from Mignolet's goal kicks, and he has to because Mignolet's only hitting 45 yards or so yep. with the actual goal kicks. Yep. But he's winning them, and he's winning them consistently. And, you know, they're all really strong positives. And if, if, <clears throat> to play the system that we're playing at the moment, the, 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 the concern when we talked about going three at the back was that if you played with two fullbacks or, you know, two non-real attacking backs, that it suddenly becomes a five at the back as opposed to a, a three, and you, you get yourself pegged back in your own half. He his natural as the lads said his natural uh, persuasion is to is to bomb on and get forward and there, there's no there's no second thought in his head that he isn't going to push on and get forward mm. and that may work so well and it's why Markovic has thrived playing in that role as well because his natural instinct is is to bomb forward um, and you know even the, the I thought he, I, personally I thought he had a slightly better game in the Everton game than he did in, in the actual Tottenham game because it was his first game in and, and everything like that. And looking at it, I thought personally, agreeing with what Dave said, I thought defensively he was probably a bit of sixes and sevens last night in the actual game. There was a couple of times that Tottenham got down that side and exploited because of probably just his, his lack of playing in that position on a consistent basis. But given putting all that aside, you know, it was just a wonderful performance by such a young player. Um, and let's not forget it, a bit like Oxlade Chamberlain, because he's so well developed physically. <laughs> He he looks a lot older than he actually yeah. is, yeah. Um, and when Molly's talking about you know he, maybe he looks a bit better than than, than Sterling or whatever, half of that comes from the fact that he already looks physically developed. He isn't being easily brushed off the ball, you know when he's able to ride a tackle physically as as opposed to being knocked around. And it's something Sterling's had to develop where he has it naturally. I'd still lean more to the side that Sterling is, is the better player at this moment in time, purely because he's more developed and more rounded, and you know. We might say, you know, Ipe has a great shot on him, but, but Sterling is starting to develop consistency in terms of finishing and being being ruthless in, in front of the actual goal when he's when he's getting chances. And that's where he has the slight edge, but it's a great role model for Ipe to have um, looking at Sterling in the club. Like there's, there's, no better, there's no better path for him to follow than the one that Sterling has, and he has it in front of him. And it says so much for the player that we did bring him back off loan early because he, his performance has been so good at Derby, so yeah. consistent that it was felt that he was going to add something to the force team, which yeah. he is. He looks I, a force team I player. also think on Sterling, you know, one of the things that I think has taken a slight shine, and it's unfair on him, is that we haven't played him in his best position for three months. Mm. You know, Sterling's mm. not a not a striker, but that's pretty much where we've exclusively played him, well, certainly since Christmas. And, you know, even before that, he was playing um, as part of a 4-2-3-1. You know, Sterling is uh, is better playing as one of two attacking midfield players <coughs> where he has licence to roam. And with Sturridge coming back now, I mean, I think it's really exciting to see what, see what Sterling can do, dropping back a little bit mm. uh, into the position where he was so good last season, you yeah. know, behind uh, Suarez and Sturridge. We'll have a look at the attack and potential for him to return to that um, in a while. And also maybe look at uh, the guy who was, I suppose, unfortunately shunted out of the team, um, Lazar Margovic, so that um, so that I could get his game. Uh, I'd like to go to the far side if, of the defence if we could. Um, Molly, maybe you might talk to me a little bit about the contribution of our left wing back. <laughs> Sorry, there's some bizarre noise here. Um, what what did you think of Alberto Moreno on the night? Um, I've heard, I've heard very conflicting reports. People seem to be very much uh, at odds about his effect. Yeah, no, I thought Moreno was probably his best game last night since, since probably the last time we played sports. Uh, I, I think he's done well of late. He's probably been a little bit of a an unsung hero in many ways. You know, you have to remember that that left 
wing-back position, as you say, it, it is kind of new to this guy as well. He's not only is he at a new club and he's at a new country and now he's at a new position as well. So, overall, I think he's done very well in that position. I, I certainly prefer him over someone like Enrique or, or Jansen, so... You know, I can't have any complaints about him. What 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 do you think when you when you <laughs> there was a few times I was looking up and I was waiting for someone to come bombing up the left flank for an out ball and then you realise oh well that's not going to happen because Moreno's already uh, you know five foot inside <laughs> in the opposition penalty box <laughs> so the the out ball is not going to happen. He's fucking mental, isn't he? When his forward runs, he, but he, he's such a great turn of pace. Though, that's what I didn't realise that um, Moreno had that in his locker before he joined us. So when he actually runs at that opposition winger or defender, Chase is fantastic. I think unfortunately he's probably using it too much, and he's gone well ahead, as you said, and he's at corner flag. He's in the box, but he's kind of looking for that output. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, Paul, take take that take that on for me. To talk to talk to me about Moreno. Um, like uh, one of the criticisms I've heard about him is what we were kind of talking about there with Ibus that you know. He is a defender, and he's nominally a defender, but sometimes people have criticised that aspect of his game, as seems to be a recurring theme for a Liverpool fullbacks. What, 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 how do you feel he is in, in terms of his defence exclusively for a month? I think he's fairly okay. Obviously, someone like him is going to get caught up field sometimes, <coughs> but I think he, uh, he has great recovery pace. I think he like I love his attitude and his his battling like, mm. and uh, there was a few examples of that where he kind of tore back to you know after Spurs players who were he was you know say Sacco held somebody up, and like you're you're, you're thinking is Sacco a bit isolated here, and Moreno just comes tearing back out of nowhere and takes the ball. Yeah. So like I like that aspect of his game. I thought against. I thought against Spurs he was a good outlet because we had no handle on the game really we weren't controlling the game yeah. we were looking for kind of outlets and I think he provided that and I think there was more there was more kind of sign of him you know trying to engage the other the other defence properly because I think the only, one of my big criticisms criticisms of him would be that he's kind of prone to just tossing the ball in once mm. he gets near the opposition box I think he kind of he, I think he, he held back on that. He was he was looking for low balls across. He was you know looking to run past people. I thought it was a bit more kind of all a bit, bit more kind of polished in attack. He was yeah, and he's shown up and uh, for the long diagonal ball for Emery Chan that we all want to see repeatedly <laughs> as well. Yeah, exactly. Which, which, and he was he was in on goal like. Like Moffy said, he, he was in. A, he had another. He nearly scored again. Yeah. Against Spurs, like it, like he's just. It's just mental the way he's just. He's just suddenly there, he he just tearing up, up like yeah. a roadrunner, just yeah. like flying up the left. Wing. It's like he's on a little <laughs> conveyor belt, like just going up and back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave, I don't know if you want to continue chatting about about that man for a second, but I want to start start moving it into the middle, and the area in between those two guys, which is going to bring us back to the fence as well, because the midfield last night, you know. It it struggled and it was our, by far our weakest area, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I mean, I think that I won't talk about Moreno. I think the lads have covered it. I think the exciting thing about Moreno is how much better he could be rather than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, a, like Enrique. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that Moreno. The worst parts of Moreno is the best bit of Enrique. I mean, that's the reality of it. So, I mean, you know, it's exciting to think about what he could do. But, I mean. I was, you know, after the Bolton game, I was really critical of Gerard. I thought Gerard had a terrible game against Bolton. Um, I thought he was poor against Everton. I thought the game completely passed him by. And I, I thought that the non, the initial starting of Gerard and then the non-change of Gerard 
for me was probably the largest contributor factor to us not winning the game against Everton, which was a game we needed to win. Mm. And then watching the game last night, um, again, it it's hard to talk about Gerard and separate him from you know this player we watched for so long versus what we're actually watching on the field. But the reality is, again, last night, he was just at a different pace to the rest of the team. Mm. And he's... First of all, when doing it, Rogers does him no favors by playing him, playing him in, in centre midfield. Mm. You know, I mean, it just—I I, that's almost like compounding any challenges Jared already has. But to play him in centre midfield last night, particularly against a Tottenham team where they play very centrally, you know, with Ericsson coming in, Lamella coming in, and their two midfielders that they already had there, um, I thought he really struggled. I thought he was, you know, critically at fault for. The, the first goal along with Sacco but I thought I thought Gerrard not tracking the runner of Lamella but that's classic Gerrard I mean watch any goal we've conceded with him in the centre of midfield and that's what he does he doesn't track the runner because he, either he doesn't physically he's not physically able to recover or he uh, or he doesn't see it and the knock on impact is that it it drags Henderson's game down mm. I mean if you watch Henderson's performance from the minute Emre Jean steps into midfield and compare it to the rest of the game it is like two different players. Yeah, this is what I want to talk to you about. It's, it's a little bit easy for us to say. And like, you know, we've done this topic to death and, and we're in danger of possibly boring people talking about Jared and we don't want to do that. Um, but we, it, it's, it's not just as simple as Henderson has to do all Jared's work. Henderson is considerably poorer in that first half. And he's, it's not just that stuff. It, his touch is poor. His passing is poor. Well, what's happened is we've started talking about Gerard, about... And and the conversation is about how little negative impact he has on the team, rather than As, yeah, the yeah. positive things that he does within the team. And I think, or still could do in using the right way. If you're talking for me, if you're talking about whenever I talk about Jared, you know, and I'm talking about with some of you guys about the game last night, you know, we're going, oh yeah, but he wasn't that bad at this, and he didn't do that too bad, and he had a little bit of this, and you know, rather than he did this and he allowed us to do that. You know, that's when I think that the game is just passing him by. And I think, you know, Rogers has to take some blame for that because Gerrard can't play three games in a week. Mm. Uh, so what were we expecting last night? We were, you know, he was never going to have a great game. And yeah. that's what happened. It's too much of an ask, isn't it, Phil? No. Yeah, look, you know, it's, 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 everyone recognised that, with the exception of Rogers, it seems, on, on, on that topic. I, I, the Henderson Gerrard midfield is uh, always interests me because it reminds me so much of the Lampard Gerrard equation. It doesn't work, you know. England tried it in the World Cup and fell miserably. Mm. Uh, when it's been paired together this year for Liverpool and whatever guys it's been, doesn't work. Mm. So stop doing things that doesn't work. Right. It's, it's not. It's, you know what I mean? Just stop doing it. <laughs> well, Lucas Gerrard doesn't work either. In fact, Gerrard in the two doesn't work. But, but yeah, you know, yeah stop doing it. Stop doing. Stop doing. It. And like. I, the, the thing that that frustrates me is, and I see Alan gets pelters, right? Um, the one, like, I would have much preferred to see Joe Allen and Henderson in midfield last night. I know we won and all, but I think he offers. I think he'd offer more because he can get around the pitch, and he, you know, he he run all day. And the one thing about Alan is, that, and we forget this so much. Alan's biggest problem is 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 the amount of injuries he sustained in his Liverpool career. Mm. When he's get a run, when generally when he's got a run of games, he's looked an excellent player for us. And then he gets injured, and then it takes him three or four games to get back up to speed. And I wouldn't. I I, I said it yesterday. I I didn't have. I had absolutely no issue, and I would have welcomed seeing him in the centre midfield with Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because I felt that if we had plenty of legs in there, you know, getting up and down, given the fact that we weren't we weren't likely to see Chan move into the centre midfield from the start, that at least then 
you're going to match them for in terms of pace in in the centre midfield. And I thought it was I thought it was very evident until Chan steps into that centre of, of the park. Our whole game was played down the flanks. We avoided going through the middle of the park, and when, and they because they, they just ran through us. They get the, on the ball and just ran through our midfield like it wasn't there. And that's not just Jared's fault. Henderson needs to fucking step up here. That's my point. The, he really need look. This fella, is what, what people are talking about him being the next captain. Right, the, the, he has to start to impose himself on games, mm-hmm. regardless of who's around him in the in the actual midfield. We're, we're going to praise Emery Chan from a height for his, his ability, but the one thing he always does in whatever position he's been in since he signed for us is he's imposed himself in that position. Henderson goes missing too often in in in, in stuff like this. I think Henderson is a bit like Skirtle. I think Henderson is an excellent player to have in your team once he's along somebody, alongside somebody who's dominant in there. And we can even say it about Lucas. The one thing Lucas does, and he gets pelters as well, and we've given him plenty of pelters, but he does put a stamp on the game. You know, when, until his legs go, he does get around, and he, he, you can see Lucas around the pitch, and he, he, you know, he's, he's prepared, he's vocal, and he's moving things around in the whole lot. We talk about Henderson stepping up and, and talking and everything like this, but he doesn't just... Now, the flip side is that he's still a young player and he can develop that part of the game. It's not saying that this is a terminal a terminal thing and he'll never be able to develop it. He can develop it, right? But we need to start seeing it. We need to see it more. If he has if he has a view of being the next captain, that's what you need from the captain. Outside of heroics and everything like that, you need him to impose himself on the game as his team's fulcrum in terms of especially in that centre of the park. Now it's an increasingly large ask, isn't it, to be fair, um, on him because the Gerard we saw last season is not the Gerard we've been seeing this season, you know. But the Gerard we saw last season in a two was the was the Gerard we've seen this season. The Gerard, but Henderson was crap last season with him in a two. And Gerard's the issue, I think. No, it's, but what I'm saying to you is it's it's not. Look, I agree that I I, I agree with you, right? Gerard in a two doesn't work, right? Mm. But there's also a part that says Henderson for as much as he's do, he's covering for Gerard in in that system. He has to do a bit more. You know what I mean? Like you can't just you can't just keep saying, hmm. "Oh, you know, it's because Gerard is there that he, he's playing so poorly." There comes a point where he has to be able to perform, even if he has a poorer player alongside him, regardless of who who the name is. Right? He has to be able and drag that player up to his level instead of being dragged down to their level. Yeah, Paul. You know, what compounds it slightly further is that the other person who's nominally floating around that midfield area last night, um, who's been our player this season for me, Phil Coutinho. Um, he struggled with that side of the game. Whatever you might say about his, his, his attacking contribution, he did struggle with the defensive side and, 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 and being strong on the ball and, you know, showing. And, and you know, it, it really impacted. He was, he was less effective than usual. Yeah, he's like, he's been our go-to guy for a good while now with this formation. I think, yeah. I think he's basically been the key to it, like how fluid it is. Yeah. And like he, he was kind of all at sea yesterday. I think obviously it doesn't help that like the midfield too were practically non-existent, but like he, like you said, he did. He didn't really drop in and kind of make up the numbers yeah. much. And when he did get the ball, he he basically lost it until again until Chan came on. Yeah. And then Coutinho had a few kind of forays forward. Then it's but, amazing. But he, he almost seemed even more mobile. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Like, but nearly every time he got the ball in the first half, like it, it just came back at us. Yeah, and I. I like obviously, I don't want to be too harsh on him because he's been brilliant recently. Mm. But he does need to kind of get back up to the level that he was at because it, it really hurt us yesterday. Yeah, the, the mixture did not work yeah. for whatever reason. But I, I think on Coutinho, uh, I think I read today that Coutinho started sixteen games in a row. Like he started the last sixteen games for us. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. and Storage he should. Loved it, huh? But he's just not that type. He's just not a player who's ever been able to put that type of run together for us anyway, yeah. with any level of uh, consistency. And he needs a break mm. because I think that 
two things have happened. One, I think he is looking a little jaded, so he should get twelve game, twelve ga- twelve days off now if he doesn't play against Palace, which I don't think he should. Uh, he'll get twelve days off. But also, I think that what what happened with, in particular against Tottenham, was Bentaleb tracked him more on the pitch. Like Pochettino is a smart manager; he knows that we play through Coutinho, so he marked him very, very tightly. And actually, Everton tried to kick the shit out of him, and Spurs didn't have to resort to that. They just pressed him really, really well. Um, and I think then he gets frustrated. You know who else knows we played through Coutinho? is Brendan Rodgers. And he elected to finish the game against Everton in particular without him and Sterling on the pitch, which was controversial. Well, you know my thought. I mean... Donut stuff. I mean, that's... Yep. Fucking <laughs> donut stuff that was. Bizarre well, if we decision. talk about the Everton game, specifically around the substitutions, I'm praying... Well, not praying. There had to have been an injury to make that to take Coutinho off and leave Gerrard on. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that is a bananas decision. There were, there were a few rumours that both Sterling and Coutinho came off because of injuries. Well, well Collie Pascoe were, said they were both crocked, in fairness to Collie. Yeah, the, Cully like, there, were, there, was a kind of, there was supposed to be a, quest, a small question mark over Coutinho before the sports yeah, game. Yeah. So hopefully it was, because I, I, like you, I was looking at that going, is Gerrard finishing this game? Yeah. And like, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, park the Lambert decision for a minute, because that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> But the fucking the Coutinho, um, the Coutinho sub, when he didn't take Jared off, I mean, all right, maybe there was an injury, but when he didn't take Jared off and he took Coutinho off, I was like, oh my god! And for me, the reason we didn't beat Everton is because of the substitutions. Yeah, that, and the reason we beat Tottenham is because of the substitutions. So to be fair, he's evened it out. But yeah. I mean, the Everton substitutions not are, over the course of a season. No, but the Everton <laughs> substitutions. I mean, he's forced into the early one, yeah. which is fair enough, right? Lucas goes off after sixteen minutes. He's only got two left. But when you're sitting on the bench and you think that fucking Ricky Lambert's gonna win the <laughs> win the derby for you, I'm just like, oh my god! Yeah. I mean, yeah, how Markovic yeah, doesn't yeah, get yeah. on a bit of pain? I just crazy decision. Yeah, uh, Molly, uh, we, we, we've we've been looking at the midfield there and the comparative lack of effectiveness of of it. Um, what it did was it left our defence more exposed than it's been of late, and it looked. I suppose, a little bit more flappy than it has of late. In particular, in particular, uh, it was Mark, marked to watch it on Twitter as, as I was doing while I was watching the game as well and to hear all the people coming out of the, the woodwork going, ah, sack, holy shit, look at him, look at him. <laughs> uh, it was only a matter of time and they got their chance. Um, even people having a go at Emery Chan uh, t- 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 talk to me about how you felt 6 out of 10 yeah 6 out of 10 the mirror had him a 5 out of 10 6 out of 10 I, that's what they gave, and they gave Gerard 8 out of 10 yeah I, 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 I actually changed my name Stevie Wonder is writing yeah. fucking match reports <laughs> for a fucking mirror yeah they definitely tw- they threw darts at a board Gerard <laughs> oh. like, 8 <laughs> we, we, we'll actually come to that Molly talk to me about it it's, but it's a, it's, a, it's a bot it's like Gerard scores it's he gets bot. an 8 it doesn't matter it doesn't matter there was a penalty Gerard scores Gets an eight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Molly, the, the effectiveness of that defensive unit. What, what, what did you, would you say about them as a whole? Well, regards Sacco, Trevor, as you probably know, I've never really been on that uh, bandwagon of. I do know Sacco. that. I do know <laughs> that. I, I've always said he's a touch of the quarter is about him. He really does. Like his strengths probably definitely outweigh his weaknesses. Like number one, he's not Deja Lovren, so you know that, that that's a massive strength to have. <laughs> so, <laughs> Your passing, passing ability, fantastic passing. But he's a strong guy. He can defend a bit. But it's just when he gets on that ball, honestly, he's like a guy that is after drinking twelve pints of Guinness and he's trying to walk home. He's 
He's all over the place. It w- would it not be fair to say, Molly, though, that it, that, like, look, nobody's going to argue with you on, on the basis of last night. Some of the incidents, if you put it together as a, a low lights package, he would look like a, a complete ham. But that is not the point in general. Is that not a little bit exaggerated? Do you not think that, that emphasis on... Like, if you were to watch back a, a lot of the highlights through a past few games when Sacco's played, as I said, he is a strong guy and he gets in good tackle and passing is good. But mm. watch him on the ball. Like, I know he's predominantly left-footed, obviously. But he actually looks like a guy who watches two left feet. Literally, he, he doesn't know how to put one in front of the other. And he worries me. He worries me greatly every time he gets on the ball. I'm extremely nervous with, with, with the sackers there. Right, right. And, and what, does that colour yeah. does that your overall <laughs> feeling about the defence then? Well, no, not really, because... Uh, Luckily enough, on the other side, on the right-hand side, we, we have Chen, who I think has been absolutely majestic since he gone into that defence. OK, he, he gave the penalty away against against Chelsea, but, you know, these things happen. But other than that, he's been absolutely fantastic there. I know you were speaking about the midfield earlier on, and we on about Gerrard again, and the course has gone from the, of what's Gerrard starting for, to, oh my God, Gerrard is leaving, FSG out, and Rodgers out. And now we're back to the Gerard is starting again. So, what I'm trying to say there is what really alternatives do we have? Do we take Chen out of that defence and put him in the midfield with Henderson? We don't think we can afford to take Chen out of that defence. Not with Skirtle and Sacco in there. But we need to have Chen in that defence. If Luke is out injured, the only other alternative is Joe Allen. And I'm going to pick Gerard over Allen any day of the week into that definite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, it was, well, I, I particularly asked you about, about the, uh, the effectiveness of, of Mr. Sacco. What did you think of the defence as a whole? How, you, how did you feel? Was it as simple as I was making it seem earlier on that they were a little bit left more more exposed as a unit? Yeah, I, I think so. I think apart from apart from Sacco's slip, which was slapstick, absolutely yeah. ridiculous stuff. I thought they, I thought they did really which well. Which he redeemed with his lovely little. Uh, you know, snidey <laughs> yeah. ankle tap which, after another yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, I th- I thought they did really well with how exposed they were because like there was, you know, we, we kind of people kind of think oh it's a back three so the centre backs don't have as much to do but they were moved around an awful lot mm-hmm. and like Saka and Chan they do a lot of work out at the touchlines. It's not as if they're sitting there you know on Skirtle's lip on the edge of the box. Yeah. So there were like there there was a lot of moving around that they had to do and I thought that. I thought they, especially Chan and Sacco, stepped out of defence and snuffed a, a, like a lot of stuff out, hmm. and and I thought Skirt was brilliant at covering, but it, like 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 we said, like there was just nothing in front of him in midfield. It like it was just kind of it was wave after wave. You, you it, really felt sorry for the guys because like you know it it, it, it was a, it was a, cl- a clear passageway through at them. Yeah, I, I, it reminded me of kind of earlier in the season. Remember when even the defence was playing poorly? Yeah, and you were kind of saying, but, but there's nothing in front of them as well, and it just kind of felt like everything they did was a life or death kind of decision. Where right. if they got it wrong, Spurs were just in on goal. Yeah, and I think I think they I thought they limited Spurs really well. Yeah, yeah, Dave. We might as well I suppose segue into the conversation that's going to happen inevitably. <clears throat> Uh, if you want to can, talk, can talk. I can I just say about Sacco yeah so do I actually I thought Sacco was, was great against Everton on, 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 at the weekend I, I, I think like it's, it's, it's like a couple of things players are going to have poor games We're talk, like the Coutinho bit right? you're going to have really high parts of your form and it's going to drip, drop off a, a part and that's natural that's just natural peaks and troughs in, in terms of things I thought last night yeah he didn't have his best game um, for us I thought he made a lot like he did make a lot of mistakes there was a lot of wayward passes which, which aren't normally in his game 
the foul I've no issue with the foul I would take that foul if you slip right and you put you do a rugby tackle on the fella on, on the halfway line you're not getting you're not getting sent off and nothing's happening your man was true on goal so like we're talking about last ditch take him down take the yellow and get on and, and get home with the points do you know what I mean but God, I, I just think he's done he's done so much since he's come in that I, I think criticising him over one relatively poor game which he was last night you know it was it would be overly harsh in terms of what it is but I think yeah I think you've got to put the game into context as well you know Spurs and Everton targeted him right and when we play with the three at the back Boy. What, what they did is they pressed both uh, Jean and Sacco and they figured Sacco was was probably more likely to give the ball away. So, I, th- I, just think, so I just think Lamela pressed better than mm. Ericsson did. But Ericsson did try to press um, uh, Jean as well. And mm. Kane tended to drift towards Sacco as well to double-team him. And what you'll notice now is, and I think this is direction from the manager, he doesn't want the ball going back to Skirtle or to Minile with teams that press us. Because Minile kicks, and fucking hell, we'll come on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he wants the ball to go forward. So what Sacco ends up doing is playing a high-risk pass. And that ends up, we end up giving the ball away more as a result of it. But I think if you were to ask Rogers, would you rather lose the ball on the halfway line through a misplaced pass that Sacco's given, or get pressed on the 18-yard box with the ball at Martin Skirtle's feet and they kick the ball out of touch? I think he'd prefer Sacco to try the pass. The other thing I'd say on Sacco is, probably the Tottenham game aside, because he did make a few mistakes, He's probably the best centre-back in the league since Christmas. Mm. We've been the best team in the league since Christmas. We've conceded the least goals in the league since Christmas. And we're the only undefeated side this year. And that has all coincided with Sacco coming it's into not, the league. not a massively controversial thing to say, Dave, that he's been our best defender no, since Christmas. But, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, I... I, I, I would th- say I think Emre Chad has been our best defender since Christmas. So <laughs> stick down your pipe <laughs> and ram it up your arsehole. Well, I, I, I would say that... That Dave. The reason that I, th- I didn't say Emre Chad is I think he's been the best player in the league since... <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he plays I would take my pipe back <laughs> but I, so, so on Sacco I think that you know I understand I wasn't a fan either to, to Mori's point not that I wasn't a fan I didn't think he'd done anything until this run to justify the hype that people had about him but there is no denying that in the last 8-10 to 10 games he's been exceptional alright come back to the question I, oh, sorry, asked, uh, and on I to, asked you initially which right. is talking about Emery Chan and talking about oh Emery Chan oh yeah well okay listen we've kind of like well said, look the Emery Chan fan club was founded on this pod right I just want to point that out a long long time ago before <laughs> Emery starts did, writing we, all these articles it was, <laughs> it was founded even longer than that ago I, I, I remember Talking many months ago to Damo about the under 17s World Cup, and I actually mentioned it in the summer that we that I was watching it when he was there and he was the player of the tournament. Yeah, the he's, thing about the thing about praise Phil, is it's nice that if someone says it about you yeah, rather than you saying it yourself. Not in my head. <laughs> Every week, I'm just so happy. But Emery, <laughs> actually, if if we could both start. Stop outdoing each other to say who's who's the most super fan. No, of, I was going to say team. it was Phil. It's just he jumped in and said it about himself. <laughs> yeah, I know the, the war stories are getting good. Yeah. My point was one of the points that kept coming up last week to just to save uh, stave off the the incessant praise. One of the points that came up last week was that when are we going to see this guy moving forward into midfield? And when he did last night, it was a wonderful thing to behold. So I want to link the defence and the attack with that movement from Shan. Well, so talk to me about following it. his movement. Yes, exactly. Oh, I like Phil. it. You see, I like that. Yeah, that's a very. I good mean, per, my, per, my, I argue. Try to do it about ten minutes. Just ago. let Dave talk, please, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you talking? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say how much Phil. No, I'm not joking. Um, 
There was a lot of discussion before the game about before the Tottenham game about whether to move Emery Jean out of defence, and I'm with Morley. I wouldn't move him. I think it's the best position for him right now. Um, I think you don't disrupt a defence that's playing well and not conceding goals, and we're not conceding goals. But my God, this player! I mean, I I thought Phil's shout about making him captain was a bit premature last week, but I'm, after last night's game, I'm fucking well on board. <laughs> Make him manager for all I can. Rip down the fucking Shankly gates or make, put up the Emery Jean gates. I'm fully on board with it. I think he was unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable the last three games. The, the Bolton game, the Everton game and the Tottenham game. I just think he was exceptional. And Phil, do you, I know you want to chip in. Like, if you could focus more on when he moved forward rather than what we know is he's an excellent defender since he's been there. What what about that impact? Is it, is it making a case for undeniable inclusion in centre field now or what? I think we just tell him go out and play wherever the hell you want. Yeah, <laughs> just do, <laughs> do your you know thing. What I mean? just, just, yeah. If you feel like you want to go into midfield, go into midfield. Yeah. You know, yeah. just make sure we don't concede any goals. Yeah. Right, but look. The thing about Chan is, again, the flexibility. And the one thing that we, we knew when we were signing him was that he was a flexible player in terms of position-wise. Like, he can even cover left-back if we need it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He's not just restricted to playing on the right-hand side or the, the left-hand side. And what he does is, and he he does it even in defensive positions. Dave was talking about they were pressing Sacco. Because he's a midfielder playing in, that, in the centre-back position, you can see when he gets the ball, even if he's under pressure, his brain is already two gears ahead of what's going on, so yeah. he knows I can I, I'll, maybe I'll faint and go inside and give me another half a second of space, and I'll be able to get a better pass off. Or I don't. I can give it. I'll play a, a decent force touch pass, you know, along the deck to, to one of the players that's coming in. He rarely hoofs the ball he, because he rarely has to hoof the ball. Like, yeah. All the great centre midfielders rarely play massively long passes because they don't have to. They, 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 they have a vision of the pitch in front of them. They know where the players are and they can find feet. And if you're playing a if you're playing a, a percentage ball up the line just to clear your lines, if you're under the cosh, it's just going to come straight back at you. Whereas the way he plays, it means that we retain position and we do get ourselves moving a lot quicker up the actual park. And he makes himself. He always make, the, the one thing I've really been impressed with him in the position is, is he when he he comes out as, as we move forward, he comes out from the back and moves with the actual play. And there's always a pass onto him. Like you'll see it so many times when we're in the opposition half. Like when I was on the ball or Markovic was on the ball, they always had that option. Of of Chan just sitting on just inside the, the his own half or just in front of the, the halfway line, so that he could switch the play or move it across again from there. So when he naturally switches into midfield, you've got all that tactical awareness going on, and his his passing ability his passing ability has come on this year. Like he was all, he was he always played some mad balls, some mad passes, right? They, they, they didn't necessarily come off as much as they as they are at the moment playing for us. And that's just progression in the player himself. You know, he's finding his range in, in terms of passing. He knows when to play. He knows when to when to switch to play. He can get, he can get out of jail. But when he comes in, what he gives us again is a presence. We were lacking a severe presence in midfield, and when he steps into there, into there, all of a sudden we have a presence, and Spurs can't play through. Well, what about anymore. that run where he basically leaves everyone the pitch behind? <laughs> not only not only does he leave them, anyone that's coming near him are just bouncing They're off. Just him. Bouncing it's like he has off. a force field. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit far run forest run though, wasn't it? It was a bit like <laughs> he's just not going to stop. He's just going <laughs> going going. Well, did, you see the one, did, you see right. did you see the one against Everton where he bailed up the side and then he, like, oh, he's, not going to go. he's still centre back isn't he yeah. Yeah. and then he's cutting inside and doing a step over and three steps and then he gets he ends up getting a shot blocked and you're like yeah. going 
He's still the centre. No, my favourite bit against Everton was you know against West Ham when Sterling beat the fullback like three times just yeah, yeah, to yeah. take the piss. Mm-hmm. I liked it that uh, Emre Jean decided to do that to Lukaku on his own six-yard box. <laughs> <laughs> he like Man. beat them once, and he could have cleared it like yeah. four times, and he went, "Nah, just beat them again. Yeah. Just beat them again. Have a little wrestle. Beat them again." Then I when you the ball. think when you think of the problems that Lukaku caused us last caused us last year mm-hmm. um, and scoring the goals against us and all, right? He was so far inside Emery John's pocket. He was almost, you know, the coin pocket that you have in your jeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, it yeah, almost yeah. been made into yeah, that. For you can it, never get the coins out. Yeah, of. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Lukaku had become that pocket. Stuck in there. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the thing about it, like, it's it's almost a complete waste of time trying to press Chan because, like, first of all, like he, he he's no problem when he's on the ball, dropping his shoulder, doing drag backs and all this. Like, they, there was a part in the first half where they, it looked like they were kind of hemming him into the corner, and he he was dropping his shoulder, going past. He was a few drag backs, and he takes out the pitching wedge, and with his left foot drops it straight onto a centre midfielder's foot yeah. and you're just kind of like what is going what am I looking at here and and you can, and see, you even, if you, even if you do get near him he's a fucking monster like you're, you're, you're not like going to outstrength him he, he's an absolute beast he is, the, he is the Roger Federer of footballers in that <laughs> he just can do everything and doesn't look like he's breaking a sweat doesn't look like his hair's out of place just he can be powerful he can do little clips he can shoot I mean he's just unbelievable Player, he, he had a he had a classic Cara moment as well. Remember the shot in the in the fourth half? He he started sliding from about forty yards away. <laughs> and man, I always think so. The man's got the same. He's going to have to lift it over or whatever. No, it was like, it was just smack off, and you could see the crowd were going mad. It was like the number twenty three jersey sliding across the box, blocking a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Think we've seen that one before. Yeah. <laughs> My second favorite thing I'd ever done was Skirtle screaming at him because he'd made a mistake, oh, and I was like, "Funniest fucking irony!" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Every fucking hell, what are you doing, man?" And, then, and I, I would have loved it if Cam turned and said. Yeah, but I'm not going to pass it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, will you take on the question then? An awful lot of people have been asking, and uh, the two lads are kind of dancing around it for obvious reasons, but the idea of him moving forward, now that Dejan Lovren has been completely rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah. So now that we have that to rely on, do we, do we play him in the centre midfield next week? I'm I'm still not sure really. I think it's one of the biggest calls Rogers will make this season. Yeah, because, it really is. Because well, well, how good I def- like if you looked at our defense like earlier on this season and someone said you know after Christmas you're going to have the best defence in the league you would fucking hit them you, would, you wouldn't laugh you wouldn't, you wouldn't look at them strangely you'd fucking hit them yeah. and, and, like, and now it's, it's just working so well mm. that you're kind of like and, and Chan looks like he would be amazing in midfield and we look like we're at the moment our midfield is like a sieve and you're kind of like do, do you do, do you really push yeah. him up there and bring El, the, the good the bell day and yeah. <laughs> and, well Lover, Lovren did okay I, I would be for probably starting Chan in defence hmm. against Palace and then trying again see see if you can ease Lovren how in. many times do you need to see it working I, I don't know if, well if, if nobody dies this Saturday then maybe, maybe Lovren can get a start at centre back but he, even at his best right think of all the adjectives we used to describe Jean and write down the best adjectives about Lovren. And do any of them match? No. No. Well, right? Yeah. Lovren is not strong. He's not calm. He's not tactically they, this aware. This is before he was completely rehabilitated. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Come on. I heard they infused 
Lovren with some of Chan's blood. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Chan's placenta. And horse placenta as well. Uh, Molly, behind those guys, we had. Uh, we, uh, I've had a little bit of uh, a massive amount of uh, editorial input here by by Dave Thomas today. And Dave's Dave's summary of of uh, for me, he, he did the review bit for me, and uh, his summary of me and Lay. There's two words in capitals, you know, just in case we didn't get it. Fucking brilliant, Dave says about Mignolet. What do you think? Oh, well, I, I totally agree with Dave. Like, I think uh, Mignolet deserves some huge credit. If there's that many players out there, they've blown four goalkeepers who are, you know, they, they get dropped from the team, they've gotten slaughtered by the fans. Even the manager has had a pop in the press. They can actually come back into the side and play as well as he's played. And not only that, he's actually improved on, on his kicking, which has been slaughtered about all season. You know, he's coming for crosses now. Like This lad, when he was dropped, like he didn't sulk. He didn't cry off about it. He obviously went away and worked on, on his weeks, like his kicking. He obviously watched hours and hours of footage of him in goals just to see where he, he can improve. So I, I say a fair fucks to the guy. I'm absolutely delighted for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, like... That's a controversial shit you're after coming out with because certainly his general game has, has, has stepped up. He is, as you say, coming for crosses. And we've discussed that recently. And he is, as you also say, um, far more dominant presence in the box. But I do believe that you mentioned there that you thought his kicking had improved as well. Can you, could you really stand over that? Is, is, it, not, is it not as, as horrible as it's always been? No, no, I think his kick has certainly improved. Like, I've been watching his kicking closely over the last few games. And uh, beforehand, he used to like to kick it over touch for some unknown reason. <laughs> no one seems to be getting to the middle, but at least he's not going out and touch. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby steps is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Next, 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 next step is more to work on distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think his kicking is still abhorrent, but that's like saying water's wet. Like it's it's not something you're going to criticize him every week and because you, you, you know, yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's like criticizing Sterling for being small or something like that. Yeah, Minier's yeah. kicking is crap. I think, and it's always going to be crap. But the stuff that he, he that he can reasonably improve on, it's come on leaps and bounds. Like, I, I still couldn't believe it that yesterday coming for crosses, coming off. Do you remember when Kane was offside? Mm-hmm. But like Mignolet flew out off his line. Yeah. And it was just brilliant to see. And like I don't know if he's going to keep it up. Like hopefully he will until the end of the season. But, he, but he, it, he, it, just on it, part of he that's what he's been doing for the last six or seven weeks, and over the last four weeks. The amount of crosses he started coming for. It's like he said, these lads are fucking shite and free kicks and corners. I'm just going to have to come for everything. And the defence, you can see how it's reacted around them. Once they come, they know it's more likely going to punch it. So, you know, everyone is then picking up to see where the second ball is going and looking to get on it. He used to come out and shout, come on, you know, to nobody. I used to complain about that. Now he comes on and goes, fuck you, Brendan. Fuck you. (laughs) Every time he comes from across, fuck you, Brendan. He's punching Brendan in the face as he hits the ball. Hates him. Yeah. I I like this theory of yours. I think it works. But well, there is no that. other reason. There is no other logical explanation except he fucking hates Rogers <laughs> and everything he does, he says fuck you, Rogers. Hopefully, he starts pretending to kick Rogers in the head. Then we'll be laughing. It's like the movie The Water Boy. You know when it's like Gatorade, Gatorade. <laughs> He's like fuck you, Rogers. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, Phil, were you happy with him coming out that one particular moment? Michael Owen had a, 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 a nervous break then when he came out and nearly gave away a penalty what do you think of that? Yeah fuck off Michael Owen that's what I think of that yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. with a stupid tash yeah. go in the bin yeah. if Michael Owen thinks it was wrong it was right fuck you so that's your delivery yeah horrible ones. little prick yeah if I, I'd, I'd chuck him into the skip 
any danger in, of, into a bath of acid. Any danger of Compton and the actual incident itself? <laughs> what did you think of it? Well, look, he came, that happens. Yeah. It was a complete non-event. It was a non-event. Like, yeah. what did he get? A little brush on Kane's thing while, yeah. while the ball was trickling into yeah. the hard and like, fuck off. Look, there's not nothing wrong with it. What do you want? What, if, if he stays in his line, you have the little fucking prick on it. He should have come off his line. Fuck off. Mm. Right? Mm. He comes off his line and it's like, he should have stayed in his Oh, that's great fucking analysis. Yeah. That's brilliant analysis. That's, tell me something I didn't see on the fucking television. That channel have it sewn up between him and Robbie Savage, don't they? Oh, my. Seriously. Oh, how savage. is that absolute. Mo- have you seen the. Uh, how the- is he on the fucking television? <laughs> have you seen the advert where. They Even all, Paul Scholes called the, him an uphead. They all walk yep. out of the tunnel and they're like walking towards the camera. And Owen gives you the thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> it's God. fucking fantastic. It's almost awful. tempting you to smash your TV in, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't watch the highlights of the game. They ruined that song because, ruined, of, ruined. because of Robbie Savage. Oh, I, I, I just, I just went. No, did, I'm did going you to get bed. as far as the Lord Sugar conversation? Because nope. that's yeah, what that, I. That's, that's what they, I, yeah, I. I think I, I died that, yeah. for about ten minutes. <laughs> for a start, why are they sitting? It was so distraught. Lord Sugar. Everything about that fucking program is wrong. Yeah. Like what? What are they doing sitting in Ricardo seats? Like no, no. Right, I can accept. I can barely accept Ricardo seats on a, on a football bench. Like they, they wear fucking car seats. Yeah. Right. Why is there a lot of car seats on the bench? Because it's Fletcher's it, But it's a shame because I think, I, to be fair, I think the guy Fletcher, Darren Fletcher, I actually think he's pretty good. Like you know, he's shame about that. I actually think he's Don't pretty good. Don't box beside him. But it's Savage. Yeah. That's just a fucking moron. I like it when he tries to make Savage read the order promptly. <laughs> 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 I got, but like, like not only did I have to kind of completely skip most of the highlights because yeah. of Savage I ended up going to bed earlier than I normally do <laughs> and I woke up at about half four in the morning and I couldn't go back to sleep so I ended up going back to sleep at about six and waking up then at, at normal time and I'm absolutely bollocks at the moment that's Robbie Savage all because of him who yeah. sounds like a fucking lobster being fried <laughs> or something just, <laughs> why didn't you just change the channel oh, well. it's not the only channel you don't have to watch BT Sport <laughs> it was <laughs> I went to bed. It was it was going that way, right? <laughs> right. Well, let's get away from that absolute bell end and talk about uh, Danny Sturridge and his start, which was a controversial start. Um, people weren't sure whether it happened or not. Paul, seeing as you're uh, seeing as you're in uh, such a good in mood. such a good mood, yeah. Would you would you talk to me a little bit about that? Would, would, was it the right thing to do? And how do you think? What do you think of his impact overall? Um, I thought he, obviously I thought he was dangerous he won the penalty and he hit the post and I think mm. he tested Lloris a couple of times but he, he's obviously quite short of fitness um, he, he's like a Sturridge doesn't he doesn't lose the ball often but I thought he lost it quite a lot uh, last night you know just see, just that lack of sharpness not getting his body in the way mm. kind of a defender maybe catching up and getting a leg in on the ball and then um, I think I think there were there were moments where he held it up well and sprayed it out wide well, but overall I don't like it wasn't the stories that we're used to. I don't think. What about the mobility aspect of things? Like I mean, people were watching closely. Certainly, I was watching closely every time he was one on one with someone to see would he actually you know stretch the legs and really go for it. And he's you know he didn't seem to be holding back, although he didn't seem to have that little ar- yeah, extra yard of pace. Either. Yeah, I think that that's that's what that's what will come with games. Like like, like I said, like there was a few defenders kind of got back and got a leg in on on him. I think Dyer put in a a nice couple of challenges on him but like that that would come with the sharpness overall I thought he did okay for like considering he's missed oh, no, most of the, the season the back heel is fucking outrageous <laughs> yeah like, I, I don't it's... think Lazar was impressed because he was sitting there waiting <laughs> for the captain if there's a back heel <laughs> going on like you have to go for it really but it was, so. it, it was, it was an outrageous back he back heeled it into the ground to get the bounce to bounce it oh, up off because so, he knows like if he hits it just straight back heel imagine that goes in it's a, it, oh, story just back <laughs> 
that's just immediate. He's on a gold route though at the moment. Yeah, he's got two yeah. games. He hasn't scored in two games. This yeah. is what happened with Mario. Bring, yeah. bring Lambert on. <laughs> no, no. So, in your words, Dave, finally. Mario. Finally Mario. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about the introduction of the big man. What do you think? Well, I was happy that they brought him on, not uh, Lambert. I thought that was... Was that your honest reaction? Good? I swear to... Well, uh, no. My honest reaction wasn't, oh good, here comes Mario. It was, great, it's not Ricky Lambert. Okay. <laughs> if I'm being perfectly okay. honest. Okay. Um, look, it's, the, it's a goal he should score. You know, he does his best to miss it. He gets completely underneath it. And oh, I stop. Would Dave. you fuck up? Oh, he, he fucking intends to do that because he knows I'll that Lawrence is there. I'll be joking. When you sit down, calm <laughs> down. <laughs> sit down, Phil. Here's my pipe song again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was very pleased for the lad, to be honest. I think, look, it doesn't disguise the fact that he's been terrible for us and he's not probably not going to have a long-term future for us. But, I mean, I was screaming when he scored. It was a, it was a, it was a great goal. Mm. I mean, uh, Henderson to Ibe, Ibe. Great ball through to Lalana, great ball for Lalana across to uh, Balotelli, and it, you know it's a very, very. It is a good finish, to be fair. Um, so I was, I was pleased when he came on. I th- hopefully it kicks him on a little bit. Um, but I, I, I thought that the attacking play in general, we were quite incisive. I know we haven't really talked about Markovic, but I thought Markovic had a really good first half as well. I thought his goal was was well taken. It was funny when he was saying about him not being happy when Sturridge uh, took the back heel. Let's all be honest, Markovic would have missed. Markovic is not a good finisher. <laughs> you know, he would have hit the corner flag if Sturridge had leaned He did score though last night. Yeah, yeah. But that's because that's, well, that's of the beautiful Anfield pitch which <laughs> took a lovely little bobble over Luis. But on Mario, look, let's hope it's the start of something. Let's hope that, you know, he feels a little bit more confident playing now and he starts putting away some of the sitters which he's missed. Molly, realistically speaking, is there, is, is there any potential for this being the start of something um, for Mario, do you think? No, I don't think so, Trev. I, I think uh, what Sturridge said last night was actually quite telling. He said, what was it, that, um, his goal won't do much for his Liverpool career, but it'll do a lot for his confidence. Like, I probably only half agree with Sturridge there. I don't think it'll do anything for his confidence, because I don't think he has a problem with confidence. Of one show. I just don't think he cares. I mean, I'm so disappointed by, by Balotelli. I was expecting so much when he came in, but he's been absolutely dreadful. He's gone around that pitch... Like a guy who doesn't care whether he gets on, doesn't care, doesn't care about his career. He's just looking to go on, I'll go off to Italy next year, play with Parma or someone, play with my PS4, take the dogs for the walk, pick up a few handy checks. And that's the kind of guy he is. So, no, I, I can't see that goal doing anything for him. The all that side of him, being honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's a bit fanciful to be thinking about anything uh, building from there, is what you're saying. Well, look, we can always live in hope, but yeah. from what we season I can't I don't think we can expect much from him really you know as I said if we looked at him all season he hasn't really shown any interest at all in the game when he's been on he, he hasn't shown that he's out there hungry for goals or hungry for games or he just doesn't look bothered yeah so when you have that it's, it's, it's pointless Phil to finish us on this what do you think of that overwhelming obsession with the fact that he didn't smile and the fact that everyone in their interviews today uh, Henderson Pasco. Lalana, Sacco were all asked about oh, Mario didn't smile. Oh, why didn't he smile? Who gives a fuck? He did smile. He put a picture up of him smiling on. on he Instagram. did put an Instagram yeah. picture of yeah, him smiling. Also, he also hasn't celebrated a goal in four years. It's, it's like, like do these people not follow football. Yeah. I mean, look, do you know what I mean? It's 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 the Mario show. 
no matter what he does, if he runs around like a fucking mad thing after he scores the goal last that'll night, be the sh- that's that'll the, be the that's, story. That's, that's the big thing. Oh, look, he meant so much and blah, 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 blah. He, he, he does his normal thing. He walked off the pitch, doesn't applaud everyone. That was a story a couple of weeks ago. He left the pitch. He didn't applaud the fans. Blah, he went straight down mm. the tunnel. He does it last night. It's the story. Look, you know, it's, it's easy press. Do you know what I mean? There, there, exactly. there, there is definitely... Um, uh, there's a definitely a, a Mario Show thing that's been there ever since he was at Manchester City. It's not just Liverpool. This is the, when he came back, we knew what the narrative was going to be. So that's that's it. I'd rather talk about the fact that he finally seemed to get the monkey off his back and scored the goal last night. No matter what, Look, what, he scored the winning goal. He could have done a shit on the cop for all I care. Like, you know, <laughs> he scored the winning it's, goal. It's, Who gives a fuck what he does? It's like, listen, I thought it was, I thought it was a great substitute performance. To be honest, yeah. I thought it's pressing. I thought he his, came on. He looked hungry. Well. But the, the things that Molly were criticising have been valid I mean, up to last night. And last night was the first time he. He ran around, uh, probably from since before Christmas time. He ran around, pressed really well, looked to get at them. You know, uh, probably since the United game when he com- came on as a substitute in that game, that was where he showed that there was something about him. Hadn't seen it. He showed it again last night. And let's hope because we're going to need him. We're going to need we him, are, we're and we're fair. going to need because I tell you what, and I'll say it again. When Sturridge came back, there was 15 games to go. Sturridge has never played 15 consecutive games in the league for us. Mm. And I don't see him playing 15 consecutive league games for us until the end of the season. So we're going to need spells with Mario. And if he's scoring goals and has confidence, I'd rather have Balotelli scoring goals and being confident than Balotelli with, with his head up his arse because nothing's going right for him. And Balotelli with a few goals under him is going to be worth a lot more in the summer yep. than Balotelli who yep. doesn't play a game. So You old romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, on that romantic note, yeah. let's end this Valentine's review then. Right, let's have a look forward to the next game, which is the FA Cup tie against Crystal Palace at the weekend. Um, we'll sort of lead into it talking about... Um, Brendan Rodgers, interestingly enough, because one of the issues over the last couple of games were the use of substitutions and the selections. And obviously that's going to be a massive issue now with an FA Cup game. What kind of priority has it? Um, Especially with um, Besiktas coming up as well um, pretty soon afterwards on the Thursday, I believe, uh, at home. So can we talk a little bit about that, about... um, Rodgers' decisions and his selections in, in two most recent matches. On the plus side, you have uh, Jordan Ibe and, and, and Markovic being picked in, in, in uh, positions people like to see them. Um, on the downside, then, you have what people have been referring to all year, which is during the game, the substitutions and the decisions that are made tactically during the game. There are pluses and minuses. Um, overall, who wants to take this up to start? Well, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind just commenting on the 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 Spurs thing was the Everton thing was really frustrating. I was really I mentioned it in the preview. I was really frustrated with the substitutions, the mm-hmm. not taking off Jared. But the Jared issue aside, I think the Tottenham thing, the the playing of Ibe and pushing of Markovic forward was the first time I think you well not the first time, but was a clear sign of Rogers doing something progressive and positive that he wasn't forced into as a result of an injury. Yeah. It would have been easy for him to put Allen in the midfield, push Jared forward and play Markovic a right wing back. But to play Iban Markovic down that right hand side, I thought that took a lot of balls, to mm. be honest with you. And I you know, we're critical of him when, you know, he's slow to make those types of progressive decisions. And that's the type of thing I think we've been calling for him to do all season. Mm. To to make those types of calls where you go, you back that decision. You go, yeah, even if that doesn't work. It's what you want to see. It's what you want yeah. to see. The conservativeness that 
has come into some of his decisions this season, I think has been what's been quite frustrating. And the Gerrard issue is still a conservative, sentimental issue that that he's going to need to address. But I really like the Ivan Markovic thing. I thought, yeah, that's that's Rogers of last season, just going balls out, going, yeah, we're just going to beat you. Mm. Um, so I was really impressed by that against uh, against Tottenham, less so against Everton. Yeah, Paul, is that fair enough overall that there's more positive signs in, 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 in Brendan's progression as the season's going on, just the same as there is in the team? Yeah, I'd say so, because, I mean, if you were talking about Chan all, all this podcast, and like we were screaming out for him the first half of the season, and he wasn't getting a sniff at all. Like, Well, he got a couple of cameos where he looked really good, and we just went back to, oh, well, I'll just go back and play the same old idiots that just <laughs> keep letting me down. And yeah. So, so like, he, it, I think it... It, he has made a few good decisions recently and like w- you look back um, he never put Chan in it took him so long to drop Lovren I think it was an injury actually I think Lovren picked up yeah. that eventually like saw him kind of taken out the same with Johnson he, like it's re- it's really when Johnson gets injured he starts kind of dropping him so it is nice to see him kind of go no actually I'm going to leave some senior pros out because these, these fellas aren't performing and I'll take a chance on the younger people mm-hmm. so um, yeah I'd I'm still, I'm still really interested to see what he does about Chan, like where he plays, he plays yeah. him. And I kind of, I think the FA Cup does give us a kind of decent opportunity where it's not going to take momentum out of our league if it does go tits up. If like if he puts Lovren in and the whole place goes on fire, like it's, it's still, it's still just an <laughs> FA Cup match, you know. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's interesting and I think it's good that it is an FA Cup match because it means he can kind of tinker here and I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for him to kind of build on it. Yeah. Yeah, Phil, it's the thing we've talked about a lot recently, the, the, the pros and cons in, in, in Rogers' uh, Listen, I, I was fucking fuming, about fuming about after the Everton match. Yeah. Like, the substitutions were fucking abysmal, right? You couldn't, you couldn't have picked worse substitutions, with the exception of putting Johnson on in fucking centre midfield for Henderson or something like that. Seriously, they were fucking appalling. Mm. Bringing Lambert on, what is going, like, what? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, he's never going to score. Oh, Jesus wept. Use your words, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Who's stealing your thoughts? I can't even get a sentence out. And, it was, and even now, it probably comes back from opportunities lost. We could have won that game. Mm. Had, had he done the brave decision and reefed Gerard out of there because he was having a fucking stinker of a game against Everton, right? We probably would have had more impact on that actual match itself. So, in fairness to him, he pulled most of that back against Spurs because it took a lot of good managerial decisions to actually win that game mm-hmm. um, and he got everything right where he got everything wrong in the derby with the ex- outside of losing the derby he got everything wrong and, uh, what he could get wrong in terms of, I, what really annoyed me was it seemed like we'd settled for the draw with 10 minutes to go in the actual oh, yeah. derby so yeah, that yeah. fucking got me back up no mm-hmm. end when we could have easily gone at them we, and we could have we could have scored against I can't them. believe I'm going to do this but I'm going to just suggest it to you it did the Gerrard decision get taken out of his hands in the last game, did that really kind of help the overall positive picture that you have him in the Spurs match? Don't, I don't care. Look, he was taken off and it was the right decision, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Look, I, I don't know. Sometimes they'll try out there was an injury. I, like, again, I, I don't know whether how serious the continue injury was. It was more a way of, of, of trying to describe the actual the reason for the substitution mm. than actually describing what, what the brain process was going on. Because quite possibly it's just, a, it's just a brain fart. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. like, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't have done that. I'd say if he had a chance to go back and change that, he wouldn't have taken Coutinho off the pitch. Hmm. It was seeing what, seeing the way the game, the game went on. But that's what I'd say. But like again, as I said, he, he deserves all the credit for the stuff and like the substitutions. You got to give the substitutions credit that 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 he does make because not only do they come on, they come on and influence the game. 
Mm-hmm. Like Lalana, we didn't talk about a minute, but Lalana comes on and has such a really strong positive impact on that sports mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. We'd stopped running at their fe- the defence a wee bit at that point, and he comes on, he pr- provides fresh impetus, and they go, they're going at the defence again, and they're struggling. With well, it, we, so. we finished the game, and we won a game <coughs> with Lovren, Lalana, and Balotelli on the pitch. Yep, you know that's. Yeah. There should be a fucking party or something. No, but it, you know, and Lalana sets up Balotelli for the goal. Yeah. So like you know, they're they're that's good management. Mm. That's good management. For but like, it's 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 really black and white when it comes down to the the way the the two games are managed. Mm. So you know, going into this weekend, God knows what we're going to get. And he could he could have just thrown Allen on for Gerrard, and we were it probably like you could. But the way Alan has played, you would say it would have been the same thing. Spurs still would have been pouring at us. Yeah. But he put Lovren on and moved Chan into midfield and it stemmed the tide. Yep. Like it got us not only not only did it kind of physically stop Spurs, I think for the last for the last kind of portion of the game then Spurs were kinda of going, Right, they they're fighting back a bit now. Do we do we really want to try and win this and mm-hmm. risk losing? I think I think they kinda of dropped they kinda of dropped off a bit. Yep. They put that kind of seed of doubt in them and, and we were going back at the like we were pushing Spurs back then. But like we're looking ahead to the the FA Cup game because you know he has decisions to make. Does he bring in the fucking garbage like glancing into the fucking team? Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Do you want? I don't want to see him. Well, focus no. on the positive ones first. Do Dejan Lovren, who's finished yeah, the game, you give, you give Lovren a game. You start Lovren. You start Lalana. You start Allen. You start Mankio. Um, you look at the Moreno situation. Does he need need a game off? Um, you change around. See, the thing for me with the FA Cup is, if we win the FA Cup, we're in, we're in the Europa League. Nobody wants to be in the Europa League. Ask anyone, mm. right? No, we don't want to be in the Europa League. Yet, at the same time, people say, don't, don't, "I don't want to, I don't, don't want us to give a shit about the Europa League matches coming up." Yet, if we win the Europa League, we're in the Champions League. Mm. You know, we should be focusing on the two ways of us getting into the Champions League. I'm going to point something very obvious out to you, which I, 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 clearly you're aware of, but you didn't acknowledge. If we win the FA Cup, we win the FA Cup. So, in, <laughs> in and of itself, is that not something that's worthy of, of, of... If we win the FA Cup, we get in the Europa League. So, <laughs> so that's basically Well, you win the FA Cup as well, though. I, like, I don't want to treat that. I don't want to treat it with disdain. I want to give it a, like, a go. Oh, listen, it's garbage. I, I swear to God, I couldn't give a shit about the FA Cup. It's the, it's like, the romantic trippers. If the most <laughs> romantic part of it. <laughs> <laughs> we might get some more money for him in this summer. You, you only you only get in the Europa League. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I oh, know. I mean, I'm with you. I think we, I want to win the FA Cup, but I think we can. I think you have to use the squad. You know, the reality mm. is, we, you know, we're going to have played uh, four games in a week and a half. We've played. It'll be our seventeenth game since I think the middle of December, beginning of December. You know, it's a lot of games. We have to rotate. And the whole point of having a squad is to be able to make some of those changes. Except playing Glenn Johnson, which is where you... you, you, Listen, every man has to have standards, right? And you have to draw a line. And, you know, the best thing about this little run we've been on is Johnson's been fit for five games and has not played a single minute of football for us. Outside the Chelsea games, which we lost. Apart from them. Yeah, uh, Molly. That's, I don't count that, them. That, that's, that's a good point. That, <laughs> that's because they're cup games. <laughs> that's a good point that the lads make, Molly. Is that you know we do have to start using the squad because we do have well, hopefully another game in the FA Cup after this one, and we have the the Europa League, uh, the at least two games against Besiktas, and then who knows? Uh, a lot of people are hoping we'll go far in that. So you do, uh, you are going to see people coming in who might not be everybody's favourites. Who starts the Crystal Palace game for you? Well. None of the side come in for me. None of Jack Glenson or Enrique Barini, Lambert, none of them. Like I, I know we've uh, a lot of games coming up, but uh, 
I think in the day, Trevor, you know, players would much prefer to be out there playing and winning games than, than sitting on the bench or for training. I don't believe in this whole earnest player. You know, we're not in the Champions League. We're out of the League Cup. We have the FA Cup, the League, and the, the Europa League to go. Yeah. So that's it. See, these guys, they're getting paid a fortune, fit as anything. They can't play another 20 games left in the season. They should be playing for Zenit as far as I'm concerned. So just leave leave the shite on the bench and let's just go for it. Like, I'm with Phil for the FA Cup. Really, I, I don't care about it. We lose to Palace. I'm not going to be bothered by that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a different. Yeah, diff- yeah, it's a difference between wanting to lose, right, mm. or not not getting into a not not being in an absolute fucking depression if we lose. Yeah, you, you will know? go into a depression if we lose. I won't. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> most definitely I won't. will. Yes, I won't. you will. Hang on, hang on a second. And we, I said it after the bowling, even during the bowling game. I really look. I didn't want us to lose, but if we lost, I wasn't going to ruin my week. If we lose in the league and there's no there's no league game to the following week, your head is wrecked. Right, especially when you're trying to chase top four and the whole lot, right? That that gets you down because you're thinking to yourself, bollocks, that's another game down off the list. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 there's another gap that's there. Whereas with the FA Cup, we lose, we're out of the cup. Yeah, so so be it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we get to the semi finals, I'd be interested then in, in, in the actual in, in winning the FA Cup. But if we're not in the semi final, up until the semi final, it's irrelevant. It's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 a way to get players games under their belt who have you know who you may need to rely on especially on the run in the thing for me isn't even about whether winning the FA Cup is the right forget that for a minute it's that you can't play the rest of the season with 14 players you know we can't do what we did last season <coughs> so eventually you have to give them a game and if you're asking me would I rather give them a game against Southampton or Man City which is our two games after this then no I wouldn't I'd rather the players that are in form so, but eventually you have to give these players a game You've got, you can't play Coutinho like you can't play Coutinho in this game he mm. has to have a break mm. you don't want to rush Sterling back from injury to play him against Palace okay. do you really want Sturridge going out again you probably might want him to get some minutes so for me if we're not willing to rotate for this game, what we're essentially saying is we now have 14 players that we trust and we have to go out in the summer again and sign nine fucking players again. Mm. You know, eventually we okay. have to give the likes of Mankio, the likes of Lovren, the likes of Allen, the likes of Lalana. you know, players, these are all top players. We have to give them a game eventually. Yeah, Molly, you want to come in there? Yeah, well, I think what, what Dave said there is kind of true, but we do only have 14 players we can trust. Like, if you want to rotate players, yeah, rotate Coutinho for Milana. You know, rotate someone like, I don't know, bring Manquillo into the team and you might be able to take out Marquez for a while or, you know, you vibe there who can come in for Sterling. Don't be rotating them with, with the Johnsons and the Barinis and the Lamberts and these type of players. Yeah. There's no way I'd let them on the pitch. There's no point. They say, if you want to rotate, rotate with the three or four good players that we have on, on the bench. Not the rest of the rubbish. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, like, look, looking at Palace, right, and because and, and, it is the game in front of us, I would say I'd be seventy five percent sure that they'll play a heavily second string side hmm. because they're in a relegation battle, hmm. and they, they, do you know what I mean? They go out with nothing to lose. Now we go out, we play our full strength, our, our full strength team, and we beat them. Grand. We should be also be our second strength team should be strong enough to beat Palace's second-strength team. OK, well, let's talk for a little bit about what that is because Dave's already flagged up, you know, the likelihood is we probably won't see Coutinho if he is carrying a knock. Sterling is apparently carrying a knock. Gerrard is clearly went off, apparently injured. So who does start? Let's talk about that for a bit. Well, I'd start Mig- Migs and Goal. Yeah. Because we don't have Good another... 
And then after that, then I'd, I'd put all the names in, a, in an envelope. <laughs> and I'd get the players to come in and pick one envelope each. I'd have a, a, a list of defenders. I wouldn't put Johnson's name in there. A li- list of defenders, right? A list of, of, of available midfielders and a list of attackers. And then t- take out the likes of Sterling, Coutinho and stuff out of there. And then you'd, a bit like Countdown. Yeah. Give us two from the top yeah. and three <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. And then three at the back and then the, and lash them up and see whose names come up. Mm. I think you give I think you play Lovren, so you give either Jean or Sacco a rest and you play the other two of the back three. I think you do, you don't think in Makio in there? No. I play Mankio at uh, right wing, a, a back right wing back because I can't play, and I think Markovic needs a rest. Okay. So I'd pro- or play Markovic further forward. So I'd play Mankio on the on the right. Okay. Um, I mean, I'd look to give Marino a break. So I think you you know you bring someone in at left wing back. You know, it's going to be Johnson then. Yeah. Or Enrique. Okay. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd have no problem with that. I'd on your thing. I take Skirtlum. I put Chan centre of the defence, and I play play Lovren and Sacco either side. What I don't, what I wouldn't want to see. In that in, in that instance, is that Lovren comes in for Sacco, right? Because I think the temptation will be there afterwards for Brendan, yeah, to leave Lovren in and leave Sacco out of the actual side on the basis that you know Sacco had a dodgy game, or whatever. I would prefer to see Lovren now, if the, if we're going to use him, mm. to develop an, uh, as as a right sided centre back as opposed to a left sided centre back. Well, I, I'm I'm making the assumption. Yeah, I know what you're saying about trying to second guess the manager's thought process, but let me assume that he makes normal decisions. <laughs> That's why I would probably do it. And That's then, a big assumption. Yeah, it is a, a big, bold strategy. Con. A, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd play Lalana, you know, play, say, Markovic, and then play Balotelli. Mm. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't be making, you know, massive uh, wholesale changes. And my final thing is if he's fit, I'd play Gerard because I wouldn't play him against Southampton. Southampton. Okay, okay, and you, you feel he'd need. Listen, yeah. did you know that the FA Cup final is on Stephen no, Gerrard's nobody, birthday? Nobody knew that. So I would play Stephen Gerrard. He is our cup captain. I think he should play. <laughs> oh, that's dismissive. Uh, anyone else in the mix for you, Paul? That, that hasn't been flagged up there. Uh, um, Do I see some Barini action? For example? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! I that's, got, uh, that's just for Thomas. That's just for Thomas. Go I on. throw um, I throw Lovren in at the back in and what? I, <laughs> in a fire. I'd probably throw Chan in for the first, give him half in midfield, and see how it goes with Lovren at the back. Yeah. Chan in midfield. Yeah, yeah. Then um, yeah, I'll go Mankio right back, right like right wing back, and I uh, yeah definitely Lalana. Try and keep Coutinho and Sterling out of the team. Hmm. Um, so that's Lalana, probably Markovic in. Um, who would I, I'd probably I'd probably give Henderson a rest and put Allen in beside Chan. Fast Allen and Chan, okay. And then I'd start storage, and then you yeah. would start storage, yeah, because okay. that's I think I think he's, I think he's back, and what he needs is <laughs> he's back. <laughs> yeah, but he is. He, he, you, he's back. You he's think fit. he's back? He, he you've needs. seen him though, right? <laughs> he think, actually no. is back. Yeah, I know, but like he's not. I don't think he needs to be wrapped in cotton wool. I think he needs games. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, know, I think yeah, he looked yeah. rusty, so I, I, I think he has to play some part. I'd probably just start him, and then say, "What the fuck are you laughing at?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't handle this. Man. <laughs> I left. Him, I've, I've left. Like I've left the left wing back spot open because I'd probably just upset myself picking someone terrible. Just play with <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's like like what you said there. Which I'll have three from the top corner. Whatever other shite you can <laughs> play, Danny Ward there. Yeah. I might, I would do something different. I'd play the diamond. Okay. I'd play Ch- Chan at the base of the diamond mm-hmm. because his range of passing is fucking brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. Is Lalana at the tip of the diamond for you? <laughs> 
No. No. Um, well, you could be. You could play. You could play him there, and then you'd have. I'd play Allen and Henderson mm-hmm. either side as we did last season, and then I'd use Sturridge and I'd play Balotelli. Okay. And 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 then put Mankio and. Random name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the left back's the spot, isn't it? Where you're going to have to put someone you don't like. Random, probably. It's Enrique, isn't it? Don't say it, Phil. Don't say it. You're going to upset yourself. (laughs) But the thing about about playing the diamond with Chan is that he's more than capable of stepping back in to the defence as a centre back and you can revert in game to a three three at the back. With Alan and Henderson being able to do go box to box if if needs be, and I think it's something we should develop. I think the diamond suit was really well last year. We know that it worked the one time it was played with Balotelli and storage. It gives us a chance to see them too, yeah. And it just allows yeah. us to throw a real different tactical variation in a game where you could start off one way and then quickly switch to a different formation. Yeah, to, you know, a team would be set up to play against us in the tree. It'd be an interesting game as well to do what you want to do with Can, like uh, or Chan Rogers. Just go, listen, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Well, <laughs> go out and fuck shit up. Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you and want. Like, and, pa- and you tell the other players what to do. To, uh, to and we you to need, do it. we owe Palace fucking hiding. Oh, they need, they, they. And, there, and, 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 and we need to kick your man Dwight Gale all over the yeah. shop two matches oh, Pardew's going to be up for this though Pardew oh, no, oh, I remember Pardew was the manager when Newcastle fucking beat us as well this season yeah. so we need to give him a kicking hmm. Dwight Gale a kicking and uh, Balassi he needs a kicking as well yeah and anyone else that plays for Palace needs this to have is, a good kicking Zaha he needs a kick in. Zaha needs oh, we're a just kick saying in. random palace players now that we know. We named all the ones we didn't name. Yeah. Delaney. So, he needs a <laughs> kick in. <laughs> Scott Dan, did anybody say him? He nearly signed for us. He needs a kick in. Yeah. Speroni. Yeah. Definitely kick him. So we're Your man, Eric Young, he needs a kick in. <laughs> 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 Eric Young, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good decade. Uh, so we're basically giving them the. Ian usual, Wright. Usual Mark Bright. Lack of respect. Yeah. yeah, lack of respect. Yeah, okay. All right, let's not talk about palace. Alan Pardew needs a good kick Gabar in. Gabbard <laughs> and, and stupid tracksuit bottoms. He needs a kicking for them. Actually, Palace just need a kicking. Neil he? Warnock. Neil. Oh, they had Neil. Mm. That. He mm. needs a kicking. How do you need such a fucking hard kicking that Neil Warnock feels it? Right, Molly. Let's uh, let's get a little bit of focus back into this and talk to me about how you think that game's going to go at the weekend. You know that game you don't really give a shit about. How do you, how do you see that one ending? I don't see it ending well for us. Too. Okay. Uh, I think it's one of those games was written in the stars. We're going to see the video of uh, Pardo scoring the winning goal for Palace against us in the semi final. And I think it's just going to be one of those games that uh, Palace is going to come out on top. Okay, okay. So you see a Palace win. Um, Paul, how do you see it going? 2 0 to us. 2 0 Liverpool win. Dave? 2 uh, 1. Us. 2 1 Liverpool. Yeah, I think that's my always score. So I'll go with my always <laughs> score. Uh, Phil? 8 nil to us. Lovely. Like, fuck Palace. They're, yeah. on the, they're on the new t- list of fuck teams. It's w- great the way you've turned around With a on goal. With a Pardew on goal. Pardew's going to come on in a strop and is going to hit his arse and go in. His face. Or his nose. his face. Yeah, yeah that's going off. That, that, that fucking smirk he has. Yeah. Off his smirk into the back of the net. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will start um, with a question from Sam McGuire and Sam's asking if you had to pick an assistant manager from the Trippers from us here or from any guests that we've ever had on I assume an assistant Liverpool manager to Brandon who would it be poor El Colley's getting the boot so who's assistant manager assistant manager to Brendan or assistant manager to me like assistant manager to Brendan assistant manager to Brendan let's say I'm making this up I could be putting words in Sam's mouth I think it should be Paul right because 
you'd have to get up really early and he loves that <laughs> and yeah. then nobody would be able to hear him talk they'd all be going come closer you. come closer <laughs> no 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 come closer we can't hear your tactical fuck enough. off fuck I'm off did you hear that <laughs> Paul would be a good shout as well because he'd bring the short sleeves instead of the, the, the shorts, shorts. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. short sleeves <laughs> <laughs> players going out with gloves would be like you fucking tarts <laughs> just for people listening the rest of us are sitting here well bar Trev who's in his tweet jacket <laughs> and his leisure wearing ensemble yeah. <laughs> leisure suit he, has, he, he hasn't is. got his sleeves with the thumb holes he hasn't got his sleeves with his holes disappointingly <laughs> if you've seen with Neil and I you know what Trevor looks like right now. <laughs> at the end at the end of the film <laughs> alright you cunt <laughs> you'd be good Trev I mean you and Brendan talking fucking hell imagine those team talks <laughs> Jesus what are you trying to you're say both there, very elegant that? men aren't you like, yes, you know what I mean yes, yes, both yes. loquacious in your use of language but nice. uh, smug bastard <laughs> <laughs> I believe Trev was called the other day no, no pompous oh, pomp- motherfucker pompous, pompous motherfucker let's be, let's be exact actually right. you, you are getting yourself close to being a yeah. have you got a powerpoint presentation no I can't do that <laughs> I would say Damo I, I think oh, Floody is the man here surely <laughs> now, now that's a team talk I want to hear <laughs> Seriously, there's, there's only four. There's only four players he likes. So like, go, any anyone else can say, "Ah, bollocks up, oh, Brendan. What's that fucking bollocks that is?" He's <laughs> all useless and all. And anyways, <laughs> can you imagine Dave always on the bench? Rogers goes, Ricky Warbuck. Bloody's just going to wrestle him to the ground. So he's like, oh, <laughs> and he'd definitely be one of those assistants that's always in the touchline scream. Like the, the commentator, you know, any quiet, any quiet statements, the commentator spend all game. And once again, apologies if you're, any, any bad language is being picked up by your mate. Fucking bollocks, that Lucas. Back up, back up, Brazilian bollocks. <laughs> he'd be doing it to his own players. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like the idea of Damo as assistant manager you have to know him though like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we know him so well that the listeners probably wouldn't get it but it's 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 if we could start a collection for Damo to become assistant manager <laughs> oh, let's get a let's get a kickstarter just for one day just for one moment when Rogers subs Lambert on like you know just when he brings just Lambert on just for that bit and, yeah. Yeah. and Paul then you've got the shorts as well <laughs> <laughs> bloody shorts <laughs> Another in joke, which. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to put out this with the hand, does he? The, on, the only man who would make Colin Pascoe look good in a pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Floody, that's my fault. Uh, Molly, let's get it away from this terrible uh, abuse of Floody here and to another question. Uh, this one comes in from Last Dub, and he's wondering which is the better trilogy, the Toy Story one or the Back to the Future one, in your opinion? What do you think? Oh, I'd have to go with Toy Store only because Back to the Future. I've been so disappointed. I still don't have that overboard or nothing like so, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They lied to us. Uh, I'm so I'm so disappointed. I really am. They completely lied to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, you didn't get taken in by that mocked up video there a while ago, did you? Off the hoverboard. Because like a mug, I believed that for all two minutes. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> Genuinely did. The one, with, the one with Tony Hawks, I believed that for two minutes. I was so excited. Anyway, <laughs> bastards. 
The rest of the battle story. For a second, Trevor Tarchus said Stephen Hawkins, and I told him. Stephen Hawkins as well. Stephen Hawkins on a hoverboard. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor would fall for that. Though, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know what you're looking at. Uh, okay, uh, right. I suppose we've got one more here. Uh, Nick Wall asks, "Would you rather Phil Dead was blasted into space by Emery Chan?" Or thrown into an active volcano by Emery Chan. Everyone's down to Blasted out. into space, definitely, because if he was thrown into a volcano... He'd plug his, it up. No, no, no. <laughs> his, all his body fat would go on fire and there'd be a cataclysmic fire that would end the whole world. <laughs> so it has to be space. There's no other answer, other, unless you like the apocalypse. <laughs> I mean, we didn't talk about him, but Dowd was terrible. Mm. I mean, I thought he had a really poor game. I mean, I thought... Uh, the, but the, you could substitute... Any yeah, referee's yeah. name. Who's a good referee? Well, I, I, thought Annie Taylor, I thought Annie Taylor did well in the Moosey derby. I thought we were okay then. But I, I thought the the fact that he doesn't give that penalty on Sturridge last night is a fucking mm. joke. Mm. I mean, that's a clear penalty. But the, the, the free that they, they score from. Yeah, it's never a penalty. It's never if, a free if, kick. if it's a free kick, then Sturridge is one. A few minutes later, is another penalty. Yeah, It's an identical tackle yeah. with the, in a, an identical result. Briefest of admins tonight. As ever, shout for Astro Park. Get on to astropark.ie and get booking your pitch time. Your day trippers tonight were Molly, Paul Brennan, Dave Thomas, Phil Casey, and myself, Trev Downey. <laughs> <laughs> a shoe bomber in a tweed jacket. <laughs> <laughs> have you got your, your no, fingery sleeve? I didn't bring you Tommy's to bed. We should, we should probably do Carl Turley's question about... Uh, do you do package trips? Or is it just a, a website now? Carl was robbing somebody else there. So just, just to clarify, we are not a travel agent. I think it was Harry Chambers who asked that question. Was that Harry? I think it would have been. But, if, wow. but if you'd like to uh, send your credit card details <laughs> <laughs> in We will organise a trip. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can see how someone was going Liverpool day trips. Yep, yeah, that's fair. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.